Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. Stock up now for your tailgate brewers outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Bob, we're choosing in a moment. First of all, our play-by-play call of the day. A 2-2, Taylor with a fly ball to deep left center field. Chris Taylor has hit his third home run of the night and becomes the 11th different player in baseball history with three home runs in a postseason game. Chris Taylor. Charlie Steiner with a call on the Dodgers network. And the Dodgers now go to Atlanta down three games to two. I believe at one point, Charlie may have had the Jets job, but the last 20 seasons is by Bob Wischusen, who's going to call the Penn State-Illinois game tomorrow. He is absolutely one of the best in the business, whether it's football, hockey, golf, whatever it may be. Bob, welcome. Great to have you with us. Too kind. I appreciate it. Anytime. Okay, so you've got this game coming up tomorrow, uh, Penn State-Illinois. What is your initial read going in based on conversations and the prep work you've been able to do? Well, I mean, it's the opposite of what any broadcaster hopes for. You like to call games that are dramatic, but I do not expect a lot of drama in this game. I mean, Penn State's just way better than Illinois. So I think they are every bit the three-touchdown favorite or thereabouts that I've seen them listed as all week. And we'll just see who's a quarterback. I mean, that, that'll, you know, at least I think initially impact what kind of a game we have. But if Clifford plays, then, um, you know, I, I expect we're going to have to pull out our filler material mm-hmm. in the second half. I, I don't see how Illinois keeps this game very close. Who knows? College football, these are 18 to 22-year-olds, so anything can happen. But, uh, but yeah, just looking at it on paper, I mean, this, this, this should be, you know, the, old, the only way I think Penn State um, keeps this game close or at least allows Illinois to stay in the game is if they get sloppy and it's one of those, you know, look-past games because they're getting ready for next week. All right. Uh, what, what's the best team you think you've seen so far in six, seven weeks? Boy, in person, it, I mean, this will probably be right up there. Um, you know, I think Penn State is as good as anyone that we have seen, if not better, than anyone we have seen in person. Um, we called Cincinnati last week, and I know Cincinnati does not have really any opportunities left, maybe outside of SMU, 
to play an opponent that really is a litmus test. Um, they could easily not make the playoff, even if they run the table, based on how things shake out in the Power Five conferences. But they're really good. I mean, Desmond Ritter's really good. Their defense is really good. Um, so I, I think they're legit. Like, I think Cincinnati would be a contender even in a Power Five conference. But, I mean, when Penn State has all their guys, especially when the quarterback's healthy, right. um, you know, their, their defense is as good as anybody we've seen this season. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit about Cincinnati since you had a chance to see them. What kind of athleticism do you think they have? I know Ritter's been there forever, it feels like. And I like the nose guard, by the way, is really good. Um, and they're they're not only that the receivers, especially the one receiver, is a big receiver. That gave that gave Indiana a lot of trouble when they played them. Um, but what kind of athleticism does Cincinnati bring to the table, in your opinion, Bob? Yeah, I think their athleticism is more on the defensive side than the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think their offensive line is really solid. It's a pretty athletic offensive line. Their skill guys, as you said, bring I think more size and strength. And crazy athleticism to the table. Oh, their, their backs are really good, and Ritter yeah. is a very dynamic quarterback. I mean, he, he can make all the throws. Um, I really do think that he projects well as an NFL prospect with where NFL football is now going. All of that, right. you know, kind of spread college stuff, that DNA is now in the NFL. But the, the, I think the spot they're most athletic at is corner. Yes. If you look at their like they have the ability, I think, with their two corners to just flat out lock down the two best receivers for the opposition at times without even needing any safety help over the top. And now as a defensive coordinator, I mean it's almost limitless the different things that you can do with especially on third down with different blitz looks and whatnot, because you know, you know you've got two guys out there that as long as you know they do their job, they're mostly going to take away, without even needing any help, whoever you want to throw the ball to. Yeah, in fact, when I was getting ready to broadcast the Penn State-Indiana game, I watched the Indiana-Cincinnati tape. Saw the same thing you did. Corners are, are both lockdown guys. Usually there's a lockdown guy. I thought they had two of them. I mean, I thought both guys fell into that category. Yeah, I think, I think both of those kids are, you know, going to be you know, if not first round pick, certainly very early day two draft choices. All right. Uh, now for you, you got this, then you're gonna have the Jets. So how do you how do you and then eventually there's gonna be hockey in here. How are you dividing up your week when you get to these weeks? Because you know, once in a while the Jets will have a bye week or whatever. So how do you divide up your prep time between what you do with the Jets and what you do with college? Yeah, I actually just called my first hockey game this past week, uh, first one, and I, I ballparked it at somewhere between 13 and 14 years, so it was nice to shake the rust off. Um, <laughs> Capitals avalanche this past week. Uh, this yeah. Tuesday, I'm calling Sharks Predators, so um, we're getting a pretty good cross-section of the league. And as you know, like hockey's a playoff sport. I mean, you, yeah. you want to call as many games as you can, and the regular season is fun, and if you're a hockey fan, you really, you know, I mean, you just like the game, and I just love the game. I would watch, you know, preseason games because I love the sport, but it really is, I really am hoping to get a look at as many teams as I possibly can so that regardless of what my playoff assignment is, teams I've seen. Um, right. That's when really the most eyeballs comes to it. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Penn State and, and Illinois start sending you stuff on Monday morning, you know, if not Sunday afternoon. The first few emails start coming through. So I've been getting ready for tomorrow since then. Um, and really what I try to do is, at the end, like, if I can put as much football prep behind me as possible by the time I get to, say, yesterday or this morning, I can actually start to look ahead to my Tuesday night hockey game so that way I don't fall too behind because even when I'm at the hockey game getting ready on Monday and Tuesday, the college football prep will start to roll in and you can't fall too behind, too far behind on that. Obviously, I mean, there, there's nothing, nothing in our business, and I've done it all, there's nothing in our business that compares to preparing for college football. College right. football is by far the monster of all of the assignments you'll get, um, you know, in terms of prep. It's, you know, you got 70 guys on each team that can see the field. And uh, in the NFL, you might not see 70 guys total in the whole game of the two teams combined. You know, um, there are going to be 75 guys on each sideline in college football that gets on the field, and they change all the time. Right. You know, like the, I mean, if I had had Penn State, you know, a year or two ago, all right, great. I mean, Clifford was on the team, but, you know, Trace McSorley. Like, I wouldn't, you know, so, like, it's not <laughs> right. like even a lot of the information that you get from year to year carries over in college football. Last year, I had Clemson a couple of times. And it's great that I had Clemson again to start this season, but there's no Trevor Lawrence, no Travis Etienne. Like I'm, I'm starting over with you know. So it, it, college football, you have to try and, and stay ahead of the curve because you can fall behind quickly. Uh, now, for me, obviously, uh, what my 22nd season working with Jack Ham, boom. My 18th season on basketball working with Dick Girardi, boom. Now you've had Marty Lyons forever. So between Marty Lyons, but then you go to Doug. And you got Cassie Campbell. What does it take for you just to go from person to person, especially if somebody's new to you? Now, Marty's not, but new, new to you know to how you do things and how they do things. Yeah, I mean, there's a feeling out process, but I said this to our bosses after our first hockey game this past week, um, and I'm not sure how many people you know in, in your listening audience or even in the states is familiar with with Cassie Campbell. But she won two gold medals, uh, you know, as an Olympian for Team Canada for the women's team. And she's worked for Sportsnet up there for, I don't know, at least five or six years. I mean, she's been involved with Hockey Night in Canada. Like, you could tell, and I'm sure you as a broadcaster can tell, that the first two or three minutes of a game, when your partner, even without having developed that chemistry and work with them yet, just instinctively chimes in at the right time. I mean, I looked over at her and I could go, oh, and you've done this before. Like, I could tell. Yep. Like, you just know how this works. Um, yep. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, we're blessed at ESPN, obviously, where, you know, a lot of people would like to work at ESPN, and they can be pretty juicy sometimes with who they bring in. So it's rare that they're going to bring somebody in that doesn't have a pretty good understanding of what we're doing. I mean, occasionally you're going to... Along those lines, somebody that's, you know, kind of like RG3 this year is working for us on college football. And this is his first foray into this. And he's going right from never having done games before right on to ESPN. Um, And I've had that a few times. And, yeah, there's an adjustment. and, And it's amazing sometimes, those guys, how inquisitive they are because they know they haven't done it before. 
about wanting to do it well and wanting to do it right, and they ask questions, and they take coach. I mean, they're used to taking coaching. They spent yeah. their whole lives being coaching. <laughs> You're right. So, you know, that helps as well. Yeah, exactly. And Cassie, of course, is a pro's pro. Anybody who's been around knows she is. Uh, I have to ask you about the Jets. Um, Don't drive off the road. Uh, But I have to ask you about the Jets. Uh, What is – now, look, he's got a a career in front of him, and there will be, obviously, adjustments and speed of the game to get used to. What's the initial read you have on Zach Wilson? Uh, that he has every tool in the toolbox and that he can make every throw. Um, you, we've seen some flashes. I mean, if you, if anybody saw the highlights of that Titans game and some of the throws he made, um, you, you can understand seduced by the talent and why they drafted him. Um, you know, he's got this kind of, you know, like an I got this quality about him where – he knows he's at it, but he's going through it right now. He's being a rookie in the NFL. And I think there are probably times where he looks out at the defense and it must look to him like there are 17 guys over there playing defense. It's just, you know, that's the way it works in the NFL. But in the preseason, when especially with only three preseason games this year and coming off the COVID year, most teams just didn't play their guys in the preseason games. But the Jets are extraordinarily young. They played their guys. So Zach Wilson looked really good because he was playing with starting NFL players on his side of the ball against pretty much nothing but backups for the opposition and now and at preseason speed. Now it's regular season speed with the regular season starters, and you can tell it's a lot of, like, wow, this is now we're in. Now it's the NFL. And, and a lot of the guys around him are young, too. You know, his number one running back is Michael Carter. He's a rookie. Um, his number one training camp target was Elijah Morris. He's a rookie. Um, you know, so I think they're all going through it. But, uh, you know, it's just life as a rookie in the NFL, and he just has to suffer through it. I, I think as the season goes on, though, by the time we get to December, I really think you're going to see a different kid. And I think he's he's going to show everybody by the time the year's over that there's a reason to think – there are blocks to build on with his career. Robert Sal at one point early out, I think his first time out was being on the Michigan State staff for a couple of years. So he actually coached, you know, or at least was a part of Penn State games that we were doing. But this is his first time through as a head coach. So what are you seeing from him? Um, exactly what you would think a first time head coach would be going through with a rookie quarterback too. Right? He, yeah. he's kind of learning how to manage this thing. And it's funny, not even just him. I mean, he brought Jeff Ulbrich with him as the defensive coordinator. Well, I had Jeff Ulbrich several times in college at UCLA. He was Mm -hmm. out there with Jim Mora. He was a defensive coordinator, called plays, but never before in the NFL. Uh, Mike LaFleur is the Jets' offensive coordinator. He's never before been a play caller in the NFL. So in terms of even being the play caller, you got two rookie coordinators, a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, a bunch of rookie skill players, a very young secondary. I think they're all kind of figuring it out as they go along. But the one thing I would say about about the, you know Robert Sala is he's very much the CEO, leader of men, head coach type. Mm-hmm. Like he's the guy that's got the splitter on the headset so he can be in the offensive conversations, the defensive conversations, and he is omnipresent on the sideline. 
So, I mean, and when I say on the press, I mean like on the field, you know. He's not Rex Ryan, all right, I'm going to go coach the defense, and hey, like Brian Schottenheimer, you're coaching the offense, go get him, best of luck. I'll be over here with the defense, and I'll chime in from time to time, or even Adam Gates. So he was all offense yep. and gave Greg Williams the defense. That That's not Robert and That's not what they wanted. They wanted to bring in a guy that was going to be – um, you know the, the the head coach of the whole team, and and he is that. And I, I think the players have responded to that. Yeah, somebody I trust, Paul Pozlesny, Salah coached him when he was at Jacksonville, position coach. He said, "Great presence." You know, you hear that. You know, from somebody you trust like that tells you a lot. Bob, yeah, there were. I mean, yeah. when, when he was hired, there were a bunch of guys. Like I remember Richard Sherman was at the top of the list. A bunch of guys kind of unsolicited came out on social media and said things like, hey, way to go, Coach. Jets got a good one. Congratulations. Yep. Deserve this. You know, I mean, you could tell, like, guys don't have to do that. And when guys did that, that said something, I think, about what he's been as a coach with, you know, with guys that he's had on other teams. Excellent. Excellent point. Bob, pleasure. Look forward to seeing you up in the box tomorrow. Thanks so much for your time. Safe trip. No worries. Thanks for having me. Bob Wachusen. Call the game on ESPN. Be in tomorrow. We'll come back more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. All right, great to have you with us. Great to have Bob with shoes on the show. He's just absolutely one of the best in the business. Does a great job on hockey, great job on basketball, great job on football, golf. Well, you tell you, listen to golf on radio. He does a great job when he gets his opportunities. Fabulous. I was looking at uh, ESPN did a piece on uh, ESPN.com did a piece on the 75 greatest players list that was put out. And so they were asking which players were you most surprised to see included. And they said Dominique Wilkins and they mentioned Damian Lillard. And Wilkins, because he wasn't on the 50th anniversary team. Damian Lillard. And they mentioned Bob McAdoo. Um, now, they were then asked, who is the biggest? And then Bill Walton, they said. Okay? Biggest snubs. Dwight Howard, Tracy McGrady, Mono Ginobili, and Kyrie Irving. And uh, Ramona Shelburne said Pau Gasol is very, very good. And um, the mix of players was too heavy on older players, too heavy on more recent players, or just right. Shelburne said the committee was definitely grading a harsh curve for current players. 
Jokic, Embiid, Doncic weren't added to the team this time around. They're still young. Um, Spears said that uh, he's one of the voters, so he thought it was fair. Ryan Windhorst says, I don't know. There isn't a right answer for me. Players who were in their primes in the 90s and 2000s were kind of penalized by the timing. All this is McGrady and Vince Carter. And most of them thought it was just right. With all due respect, Dwight Howard, Tracy McGrady, and Kyrie Irving, I would have left off too. Mano Ginobili, I would have debated. All right. The King next, our picks coming up. And more Matt Anger. <laughs> So what are you angry about? He said, I woke up. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And uh, it's time to stock up for your tailgate at Brewer's Outlet. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the king has entered the building. We think. We hope. There he is, the king. Nathan Evaldi. Nathan Evaldi. <laughs> yeah, he's the whole ball game tonight for them, I guess. Uh, I don't I, know. I, what do you think I, of the move Cora made? Uh, I'm trying to think. That's okay. I didn't see game I four, did. five. I didn't see game five at all. I guess it was game four. Uh, I would have made that that move. I would have made. I have, I have no problem with him coming in there. Especially because really? we, because because yeah, because you have no closer. Uh, you probably use Whitlock probably earlier than you wanted to, and it everything now comes down to trust. So who do you trust? So in other words, like okay, so you and Matt are both Yankee fans, all right? You get to a situation like that, like as fans, who do you trust in that spot? Whitey Ford. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Exactly. So go with the, Go with go, go with the guy that won ten World Series games was ten and eight in the World Series. You go with him. Yeah, but you can't win without Evaldi. And how many times are you going to let Houston see him? You know that that he's no longer effective. Um, I, I just I look at it like if I'm a bullpen pitcher for the Red Sox, I'm like I want out of here. 
that, you know? That now you're creating an attitude. Well, that guy who pitched two days ago is better than me tired, is what you're telling me. I could go out there and get three outs. Don't tell him I'm a major league pitcher. I'll get you three outs. And you put Evaldi in when it's not like you're – I think the game was tied when they put him in. It was tied. Yeah, it so was tied what's the plan? How many innings are you going to pitch him? You know, probably that I, inning. Probably that inning because uh, you already had used Anavino, so Adam had already pitched in the game. Um, so you so you had to cross him out. You already used Whitlock, so you had to cross him out. So now your two most dependable guys are out. Uh, Who they pitch? I like they the little. Some... Uh, I forgot his name. The Asian kid. He's, Saramora. He's, uh, yeah. Saramora struggled early in the series, and he struggled with control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, and and Hernandez has been, in, and Martin Perez is. In, I mean, it comes down to who do you trust? And because Barnes is Barnes isn't even on the roster. No, he's not on the roster. Right. So you know. So now you don't really have quite a legitimate closer. Uh, you you know, remember at the end of the regular season when they beat Washington, they brought in Pavetta to close. Yeah. Well, he can't can't couldn't use Pavetta. He started. Yep. Uh, so uh, you're kind of trying to mix and match with an undependable situation. I mean, I think. Anavino's dependable. I think Whitlock's dependable. Uh, Taylor was used in the seventh inning. I think he's dependable. But you, uh, the only other guy I would have thought about bringing in would be Ryan Brazier. So who would come in after uh, Nathan Avaldi? The game's tied. You're not right, winning the game. It's right, tied. It's not like you're up three to two, and boy, we're going to close this out and go up three to one. The game is tied. Yeah, so I you're going to have that, to go to someone uh, else because if you want him to pitch again. You probably would, we probably would go to Ryan Brazier. He's the one they brought and didn't he get Right, hammered. and he got hammered. Then yeah. the next option is you bring in Martin Perez, who then when they went late, I saw the box score when they went late against Houston because I didn't see game five at all. I guess he got pounded. And that's a big problem for you. I mean, it's a big problem. That's one thing the Astros have at the back of their bullpen. They've got the big advantage in this series. Mm-hmm. Graveman, whom they picked up from Seattle, he had been Seattle's closer. Well, he's, I mean, he's a heck of a pitcher. I mean, even Seattle's closer. And Ryan Presley's a really good closer. The and problem, then the you know, kid goes out and throws eight innings. That Their bullpen's rusted. Yeah, it's rested, and see that's what Rodriguez had done for them a couple of days earlier for the Red Sox by going six. He kind of had saved the bullpen, and then the bullpen let him down when they had the chance. And then this he pointed kid, to his wrist. <laughs> that was yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox. Me and Matt were talking are very identical. The Yankees and Red Sox, streaky yeah. all year. Yeah, exactly. Know? Uh, and I, I, that's it, what I've told people. I've told people that the Red Sox will go like a week, and they'll crush the ball, and then suddenly they'll hit three or four games in a row where they can't get the ball out of the infield. It's and that's bizarre. exactly nor can that's they exactly, catch it. Right, and that's how the that's how the playoff is played out. Play out the same way as the regular season. That's why I've repeatedly said they're a good to very good team, but they're not a great team. Yeah, you know who's very good at analyzing this stuff is Jim Rice. 
if you've yeah. ever heard him. He's good. Yeah. He said, look, the Red Sox are going up there and they're looking for a home run every time they get up to the plate. And then it doesn't that. happen. They don't know what to do. And he said, look right. at what Houston's doing. If you make a mistake, Houston capitalizes on it. And they're not whacking the ball all over the field. They're just getting base hits and moving runners over. And before you know it, you're losing 9-1. to And really, nobody's even hit the ball past an outfielder. You know, there's just a blue pit there, a ground ball there, a tried to... The little guy taking the extra base, third base, which made the first baseman look up, and he drops the ball. Yeah. You know, you can't. Yeah. They do little things to win the game, and the Red Sox are not doing those things. They don't now. Of well, course, they're saying that they're whistling Yankee Doodle Dandy out there, and they're picking the pitches. You know, but baseball people say, "Hey, look." to just stop, you know. If there's no electronics going on, so they can come up with any way they want to, you know, look for pitches. Well, so can I mean, you? Matt, I mean, Matt, you tell him what I said. Oh yeah, just so, pitch, pitch better, make better pitches. Make better pitches. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sick runs. of stuff like that. Score you know, some runs. Hide your, they, hide your signal. The Astros... That's been going on in baseball right. since baseball right. started. They would see electronics things that got people. Right. Because but not th- hey, if you can. You can steal the signals, steal the signals. See, the Astros changed their approach because they were the ones hunting home runs in games two and three. Right. And Altuve was especially, was everything was trying to get it to the wall. Correa was trying to get it to the wall. And then, and then, then they changed their approach. You know, and they started, like, Brantley is a really good approach hitter. Uh, I think the kid McCormick in center field is a good approach hitter as well. And Gurriel is just a fabulous pro's pro as a hitter. Yeah. I mean, you watch him hit, that is a pro. Yeah, I never plate. heard of him until this year. Oh, oh, Gurriel has been, he's been with yeah. the Astros for years now. Oh, he's I just, know. They were talking about him. I'm like, oh, how did I miss this guy? It, he he just, is one heck yeah. of a player. Just Not a line drive st- up the middle base. Yeah. Nothing fancy. They gave the team exactly yeah. what they wanted. And just keep it keep it moving. Yep. The Red not Sox the are gonna star. have to do that. The Red Sox could yep. knock the cover off the ball when they're on. But yeah. I think I mean, they made a mistake bringing Evaldi in. So now Houston, this will be the third time they've seen him in a week, and that yeah. your effectiveness starts to drop. So well, but that's the same with everybody. They've seen Garcia. This is the third time they've seen Garcia. All these relievers have all seen all the relievers on both teams in a long series. They use so many of them; everybody's been seen. I mean, yeah. there are no secret. There are no secrets on either team right now. I just there want no... the Red Sox to lose, Steve. I want them to. I want them to fifteen to one tonight. I'll give them one run. Um, I, I can't get Jeff. enough of it. I just I sleep good. Everything goes well. So, no. <laughs> like I said, I didn't even watch Game Five. I think no. I've got I've got more important stuff to do in sports wise than than watch the game. No, um, come I'll on, watch, watch the game. Jeez. Yeah, but I I could game. The game was at four o'clock. I was working. Oh, there the game was at five. Was it four or five o'clock? It was what five, was and it? you had to go over to practice. I had to go over to practice. And then you had and there was a lot of things, and then I, had, I and I you know I I was working. So it wasn't like one of those. Oh, I'm going to boycott the game. I had stuff you to do. do. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I pretty much know everything that's going on. How about that? 
Okay, oh. so <laughs> that's why so, I go to practice. Is the quarterback playing? We'll take a break. We'll come back with come more on, in a moment man. on News Radio Jeez. 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, here we go. Some picks for the week. Not All right. The greatest, not the greatest schedule on the planet, especially the NFL. The NFL is lean this weekend. Yeah. College, too. There's nothing, no big games. Well, we all went five oh. and three last week. Oh, Matt! Matt's Matt is living for the USC Notre Dame game, <laughs> living for it. I mean, be really, the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Any USC, any any time you beat USC, that's a good win, and that's a yep. good day. We'll we'll get to that. First up, though, Wisconsin at Purdue, Steve. I will go with uh, Purdue. I just don't think Wisconsin has enough offense. I love me some Boilermakers. I'm taking Purdue. King. I love the fact they beat Iowa to death. Oh, I do, too. Love oh, it. Iowa's not the number two team in the country. That was just a, who, who rates these teams? My God, I, you could name eight teams in the top 15 that would beat Iowa. I just, well, they were lucky to beat Penn State. Because... Somebody asked me in the middle of last week about Iowa, and this is before they played Purdue, and I didn't say Purdue was going to beat them. I said, but they had the blueprint to beat them because of what Penn State did. I said, to be honest with you, of all the teams I've seen Penn State play this year, the best opponent they played was Auburn, not Iowa. Yeah, Auburn's good. So you got Purdue then? I got Purdue, yeah. I hate Iowa. Same, especially after last week. Yeah, I just I don't like Karma. the way they handle that. So. Karma. That's all I have to say. Yep. <laughs> Next I one. Like I know you don't believe in that, Steve, <laughs> but that's just how I'm going to roll with it. That doesn't even exist. <laughs> Next point. NC State at Miami. King. Uh, NC State. Yeah, I got NC State big. Miami stinks. Yeah. Steve. There are no good games this week. I, I wish I knew more about some of the, you know, teams out of the top 25 that probably belong in the top 25. But. Like, for example, like Colorado State-Utah State, I think that's going to be, I think, a good game, for yeah, example. That but that's not that. a top 25 game. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know, but I'll tell you, there's teams that belong in the top 25 that aren't in there and for, for whatever reason. You got teams that, yeah. that suck. They don't belong in there. So. Well, it doesn't really matter until a week from Sunday. 
Then a week from Sunday, the college football playoff committee puts out its ratings. That's when it becomes serious about ratings. Yeah, okay. because it depends on who you beat during the year to rate your team. So if you got a team that was ranked number eight, but they're really not even in the top 25 anymore, but you can say, oh, well, we beat a number eight ranked team. They, no, they weren't the eighth best team in the country. Just right. because a bunch of reporters say they are. Right. What game am I picking here again? NC State Miami. <laughs> uh, NC State. All right, next one in the ACC, Clemson at Pitt. And an this is this is so interesting because Pitt is usually the the underdog with their 23rd ranked and their three-point favorite, I believe. King, who do you got? I think they're a legit 23, and I think they're going to win, and then Clemson gets to play UConn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even the, the – even the students are laughing at it. Like, what? <laughs> they beat Yale last week. They finally won a game. First game in like two years. Wonderful. Yeah, and they barely beat them. I'm going with Pitt, too. Steve, what you got? Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> probably you won. know what? I am not surprised one bit. Uh. <laughs> I think defensively, Clemson is really, really good. Offensively, they've got a real struggle. But if you can control Kenny Pickett, then you've got a real shot here on the. I think Clemson's going to win the game. You got it. All right. Now, the aforementioned number 13, Notre Dame Fighting Irish against the hated USC Trojans. Steve. <laughs> um, I'll pick. I'll pick um, Iraq. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I'll go with. I'll go with Notre Dame. I'm going with my fine and Irish as well, but it it'll usually most likely be a close game because that's just how they like to do things. King, it'd probably be a better game if it was at USC but uh, Notre Dame. I'm not so sure about that. I just don't think USC's just that well, good. Well, I just yeah, give them a little bit of crowd, a little bit of help. I mean, that's the problem. There'd be a little bit of crowd. <laughs> that's not, exactly. right now. They're not very popular. They're on, they're on, they're they they have become a disaster of a program right now too, which is just great to see. But anyway, it's confusing. It's why? You yes. Know, how many Heisman trophies came out of that school? Oh. All right, NFL now. One of the better games of the week: Kansas City at Tennessee. King. I got Tennessee. I got that Tennessee as well. Yeah. Running back. My God. Oh, Derek. Did you Henry, ever see yeah. the videos of him in high school? I have it, actually. Oh, my God. He, he was six foot four and he weighed 240. And he, the kids are just bouncing off him. He scores six, seven touchdowns a game. So, he's a great running back. Good guy, too. So. Yeah, I got Tennessee. That That's a bad, bad matchup for a terrible Kansas City defense, so I'm taking the Titans. Thanks. Uh, uh, Steve? Tennessee. Alright, next one we've got Indianapolis at San Francisco for Sunday night football this week. NBC got the loan the totem pole here, but anyway. Uh, Steve, who you got? Uh, I'll take San Francisco only because they're home. I'm going with San Francisco because I just don't think Indy's that good, and I think uh, Niners can rough up Carson Wentz a little bit. I'm taking the Niners. King? Carson Wentz has never been right again. When he was really great, 
and then he got hurt. He's never been the same guy. And Indianapolis, they're missing something. They look great, you know, the game. You're like, wow, this is a good team. And then they just find a way to I got San Francisco. And then the Monday night football toilet bowl game, in my opinion. New Orleans at Seattle. Jameis Winston versus Gino Smith. Just what the doctor ordered. King. New Orleans. I'm going with New Orleans simply because I somehow trust Jameis Winston more than Geno Smith. That's just as bad as it gets. Steve. Can I pick Portland? (laughs) You want to pick the Kraken? I I like the Kraken. The Kraken's good. I'll go with the Saints. All right. And then finally, the big battle at Allegiant Stadium in Sin City. The Las Vegas Raiders. Their new head coach, whose cousin is actually from Seals Grove, by the way. We have a local connection to that. Against the Philadelphia Eagles. Steve. Raiders. King? No, I mean, not uh, even competitive. I got us. Uh, you know what? Uh, I know Vegas is going to win, but I can't catch up if I just we all pick the same teams. I love Jalen Hurts. I, I think he is going to be a great NFL quarterback. I'm going to roll the dice and pick Philadelphia. I hope you're right, but I am going with Vegas as well. I I thought they responded as good as you can ever respond after a a week that they had with the John Gruden stuff. And Derek Carr especially looked really, really impressive. Now I get Denver stinks, and they looked worse last night. Yeah, but I I think Derek Carr might have a pretty good game against – against the Eagles this weekend. So I'm I'm going with Vegas, unfortunately. But I hope you're right, uh, King. I just got to have one game that I can root for. <laughs> if we all pick the same ones, you know. So we only got two two difference. Steve right. took Clemson and, you know, so I, I got I to try and catch up. I got to hope I can pick up two games on Steve and one on you. And whatever. As long as the Red Sox lose, I don't really care. There you so. go. <laughs> there you go. You may get your wish tonight. Hey, I evicted the people at the house. Oh, good. They got served today. The, the woman called me up and started screaming at me. Oh, my God, she was mad. So, And paid the rent in three months, you know. Whoops. <laughs> Surprised. <laughs> so, Gone. Yeah, done deal. We'll get the house back, <laughs> and then I'm going to sell it. So. Good. Gone. Yep. <laughs> End the chapter That's... of David Street. So but they need to be gone. Well, so do we. It's the weekend, and we are gone. Who's the quarterback?